start where we usually start with shout outs. Absolutely. Straight into that. Yeah, whip around. Don't start with me. Do you have a shout out? No. Okay. I'll start with shout outs then. I've got a few. Good. I, 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 I had a feeling that Fabian would leave us high and dry for the second week running with the shout outs. Oh, I, I don't. Hard to move. <laughs> I don't walk around willy nilly just handing out shout outs. If you get a shout out, you deserve it. If you get a shout out, he's actually done some preparation, which is a plus. Who it was has? a requested you. shout out on uh, the Twitter handle this afternoon. Was there? Yeah. Didn't see that at all. Oh, well, I'll run with that and I'll look after us from a technological perspective. Jesus Christ, can we just keep moving? I don't even know what's happening. Give us your shout-out. I've got a special shout-out, a left-field shout-out. New Order released a live album two weeks ago. Excellent. Out fucking standing. I'd love to tell you what it's called, but I can't because it's one of those stupid... It's got like a mathematical fucking artsy equation is the title of the album. No one knows how to say it. E equals MC squared or something like that. Oh, that's just bizarre. Like why you would name something, whether it be a movie or an album or a book, something that no one can pronounce because then they can't actually talk about your product. Yeah, So it's a bit point. it's a bit stupid. This is, I'm going to say it, this is one of the best live albums, I reckon of the millennium. Wow. Because you know what it is? It's everything a live album should be. You listen to it, it sounds phenomenal. It has no reason not to. Cause You're also 19 years into a 1,000, so you can kind of go a bit earlier. It's a big call. But <laughs> without the 981 years of reply. I think I've got a long way for this to play out, but I'm, I think it's a clubhouse leader. <laughs> What's the backwards E, the Greek backwards E? Epsilon. No, the capital one. I thought it was Epsilon. Well, this is the problem. It's exactly the Bracket, problem. Bracket no 12K, comma, LG, comma, 17, MIF. Is the oh, MIF, MIF is, oh, eh? is uh, Manchester International Festival. They recorded it in 2017 at the Manchester International Festival. Like it. At a 12-piece uh, synth orchestra and a, like an artistic accompaniment by a, a British artist named Liam Gillick. But it's everything a live album. You listen to it and you go, I wish I was there because this sounds unbelievable. It is brilliant. Fabian wouldn't like it because they don't do the... They don't do a lot of like the real um, obvious songs. Yep. So they do... Whilst Fabian's playing something in the background, it's a bit annoying. Um, this is, this is uh, disorder. Disorder from the actual live album. Oh, Mifo, eh? But uh, they don't do <laughs> like they don't do Blue Monday. They don't do Age of Consent. They don't do Temptation or The Perfect Kiss or. But they do Love, Bizarre or, Love Train. Love will tear you, tear us apart. Whatever. They don't do all the like the classics hits, shall yeah. you say? But they do Disorder, which was the first time they played it live in thirty odd years, and it's brilliant. Yep. They do Subculture, which is unbelievable. They do a really good version of Bizarre Love Triangle. Good. Which is excellent. Um, Plastic, which is brilliant, which is from their last album. So I've got to stop playing tracks from the album. Uh, Your Silent Face, fantastic. The one that steals the show, and I know why they did it, because it's a bit of a deep cut. It's called um, Guilt is a Useless Emotion. And it was from a 2005 album, which was sort of like came and went. It is unbelievable. And I could not recommend, if you like New Order, if you like that kind of scene, give it a listen loud as you can, the best headphones you own, the best stereo. It's phenomenal. So Sweet. shout out. Mind you, the 2017 album was called... I said that. No MC in 15. Did you? Well, it's recorded in 2017 at the Man- Manchester International Festival. No, but they've got a, like another album that was released in 2017 that's also got a weird thing that was recorded live. But anyway. Mm. So it's their thing. So you didn't say that. Okay. Fab's been, he's been a bit prickly today, as I said. Moving on. He's been a bit prickly. <laughs> right, my first shout out... On the back of the World Swimming Championships, there was a performance last night by a Hungarian 19-year-old man. 
kid named Christoph Milak. Person? Never heard of him until yesterday. Christoph Milak has managed to take 0.7 of a second at the age of 19 off Michael Phelps's world record for the 200 metres butterfly. Now, Phelps will go down as probably, not probably, he is the greatest swimmer of all time, um, and that was his pet event. And he's dominated from the age of 15 when he won. He finished fourth at the Olympic Games as a 15-year-old kid. From that moment onwards, he dominated the sport for nearly 20 years. A guy that good leaves a stamp on the sport that is, in my mind, untouchable. Now, not only has he broken it, he broke it by 0.7 of a second, which in swimming terms is significant, and he's 19 years of age. And you just sit there and you're going, where is this kid going to take this sport if he can do that now? Maybe the answer is nowhere. Could be a Possibly flash in the pan. He but, might be a flash no, in the pan. But it, was worth, been, it was worth a shout out. Look, at the end of the day, he, he won the event by nearly three seconds. He, he beat Chad LeClough, and Chad LeClough, the South African, is one of very, very few swimmers that has been able to beat Michael Phelps. He's no mug. And he's and he's been he was dominant himself at a Commonwealth le, uh, level for nearly fifteen years. So to do to him what he managed to do last night and still be a teenager, unbelievable. Dominant at a Commonwealth level. Yeah, it's a bit like saying he got it in here. He, he dominated that down at the. Oh, Chad Leclerc was winning world championships though too. So I, I mean, look, we saw. All I'm saying is we saw Chad Leclerc at his best a lot because we got him every other two years at a Commonwealth Games as well as what he would do at an Olympic Games level and a world championship. I'm more level. than happy to take Tim's word on this because if anyone knows swimming, it's Timbo. It's Timbo. Old Hulk. Peter Van den Hoogen band. Peter Van den Hoogen band. No sign of Hyman. <laughs> Whatever happened to Peter? Did he kick on, so to speak? Uh, look, he came back the next year after he, he won the he won the hundred, two hundred freestyle double in the Sydney Olympics. Mm. Uh, and he came back four years later and uh he, he, he was one of very few people to ever have been able to knock off Ian Thorpe, but four years later, Thorpe had his measure. Well, Thorpe, he, had the, he was sick, wasn't no, he? Wasn't. He just got beaten. I'm, I thought in, in, the, in the Sydney one he wasn't feeling well. No, no, he got beaten by a better swimmer. Oh. Well, he beat him later on. Can we take a yeah. trip down Prendercast memory lane? Okay. Do you remember my gag about... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> when you mentioned Inga de Bruyne or Bruyne or whatever, and I just said, <laughs> Kevin's mum? <laughs> Do you remember... <laughs> That was worth halting the pod for. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Oh, shit. Your, next, oh. your, your next shout-out? I spoke for 10 minutes about out. a New Water live album. It wasn't 10 minutes. Podcast. We've only been running for I'm, I'm happy with that seven one. and a half minutes. Um, my next shout-out, Zlatan. Kick a good did you one, see what did Zlatan did? No, I didn't. Zlatan talked the talk. Then what did he do, Fab? He walked the walk. Scored a hat-trick in the LA Derby yeah. after pointedly saying to the ESPN reporter, I don't know who it was. Street Fighter-style kung fu someone... Through the air with a single hand, yeah. single palm. To he scored some chest. very good goals too. He sent uh, this young kid after he scored this pearler from outside the box. He likes. He's, he's going to run away style. to celebrate, and he's just one of the opposition players was just there, and he's just he's just giving him the the don't argue to get out the way. But this he skittled. Watch the foot. Watch the footage. This kid legitimately goes flying. He saw him at the last minute. And he was like, "Oh, get out of the way!" And he like knocked him, and the kid literally got airborne. <laughs> It was phenomenal, but did he, he get a yellow card for that? No, or no, no. Like that? But the thing he got a, he got a reprimand for elbowing a man in the face uh, <laughs> just recently. But no, during the week he'd basically be rather pointedly to ESPN said, "I'm the best player in the league," and you know he had a few things to say about Carlos Vela, which was funny. And then uh, went out on the weekend against Carlos's mob and buried him. One guy said, "Oh, Carlos Vela's had X amount of goals and X amount of assists." 
in the league. And Zlatan asked him, you know, how old is he? And I think he said he's like 20, 29 or 28 or whatever it was. Mm, yeah. He's in, he's in mm. his prime. So Zlatan goes, yeah, where was I in my prime? Where was I in my prime? <laughs> the guy goes, yeah, Europe. Goes, exactly. Yeah. It's a big difference. He but always you kind of don't want to be shit canning your own league in a way, but again, it, he obviously understands his. The brand role of Zlatan comes age. first, Timber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's taken the piss. Yeah, oh, absolutely, no doubt. That no. goal he scored on his debut for the LA Galaxy. Is that the kung fu? <laughs> Ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. He's taken it. He probably could still be starting for United. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Got another shout out, Timbo. Yeah, a little bit left of field, and it's certainly not somebody that you guys are going to know. Timber, oh. you've never been in the right field, mate. No. You've, true. You could, true. Just, you could just literally, you could be playing that guy, Boulder Dash. You'd just be making people up. Yeah, except, but people go, could be a person. <laughs> but the uh, Chechnyan uh, alpine skier, <laughs> yeah. Mirko Zlatjevac. Knackers. You go, oh, <laughs> what do you get up to? Yeah, no, so my shout-out this week, on the weekend, over in um, Europe as part of the Golden League Athletics, oh. uh, an Australian woman by the name of Katriona Bissett, probably Katrina, but anyway. Biscuit? Bissett, oh. B-I-S-S-E-T, okay. uh, as in we, Georgie, um, which might mean something to you, might not. Um, Katrina Bissett mm. broke a 43-year-old Australian record high jump? in the women's 800 metres. <sighs> So it was originally held by a woman by the name of Charlene Rendina, who ran a 159.0, and it's taken 43 years for that record to get beaten. Does so that say I, more about the state of Australian athletics? It probably says a bit about how good Rendina was at mm-hmm. the time yep. and the dearth of talent in those sorts of events over a period of time. Because that's, that's a long, long time. It's too yeah. long. It's absolutely too long. You know what else is going to be too long? This pod. This pod. <laughs> Well, you got more to say about that, or is that it? No, no. Look, it was brief. There's not a lot of detail. At the end of the day, she's managed to do what hasn't been able yeah, to be done. Yeah, that's a fantastic and, and, and if she's the catalyst to improving our um, our middle distance running over the next couple of decades, what fantastic. What is the um, is it the long jump record that stood in the men's? Bob Beeman. That stood like forever. Yeah. But then he did it at altitude and all that sort of stuff. But he broke the world record by a foot at the time. <laughs> so I, I, I'm talking about I'm talking about Milak. Milak, when he when he broke his, like he's beaten by 0.7 of a second, which isn't that long a period of time. Long enough, but obviously it's you know every improvement is incremental. Just when, <laughs> in, in in field events, particularly That's why jumps, got a text. Yeah. But um, in jumps events, yeah. you're breaking world records by two, five, seven centimeters. He beat this by twelve inches. <laughs> exactly right. But as they said, it was Mexico City. It was at altitude. Was that in 1960? It was 68. 68 Mexico oh, Olympics. And it's, it's genuine. It's, has anyone come close? No, no. Mike Powell beat it. Mike Powell jumped oh, no, 895. I'm, I'm talking about the one that's – isn't there a record that's – like what's the oldest or the longest standing athletics track record, a track and field record? I thought it was – there's one that's – whether it be long jump or high jump or something that's that stood well, for quite a while. High jump is Javier Sotomayor from Cuba. Of course. Um, Old Fidel's was, mate. Yeah, he was doing that probably late 80s, early 90s. So that stood for a while. Maybe uh, I've got my wires cut. I remember someone, I don't know if it was... I mean, the record was always the long jump, but but it's, I mean, obviously... But when was that broken? Well, I think it was 91. Uh, that might be the one I'm thinking of. I know there's one that's, that's 90, been around for, was 90s. forever. I mean, it, it took them 30 years to beat it, basically. And it stood, if that's the one I'm thinking of, it stood yeah. for 30 years. And don't forget, Carl Lewis won four Olympic gold medals in a row in this event and was and he's possibly the single greatest sprint athlete of, well... Usain might go past him, but Usain Bolt was never a long jumper either. But for the dominance that Lewis had for mm. four Olympic Games, not to be able to take a world record in that era. Did he come close? 
Oh, yeah, well, I, th- I think in there was a classic world championship in Tokyo where Of course. Powell, what year? Give it to us. You well, I think it is You've got to say it like Chapelli and those. Well, no, I, I think remember the Tour of the Caribbean not, back in 68. I believe it to be 1991. And, Tokyo and 91. Lewis and Powell were going jump for jump. Oh. And finally, Powell to have been wins there. the event, breaks the record, goes 8.95. I think maybe at some point along the way, and, and I don't want to get this wrong, I think Lewis might have broken the record, but it was wind-assisted, so it's not um, a legal jump. That's a load of shit. Well, I mean, you can't, you know, there's got to be a limitation, but you can't have a howling gale, you know, blowing behind you. Why do they have pits at both end, ends? So you run into the wind. Yeah. Well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> what are they pits on like an axis then? Yeah. Four. But then you've got thirty seconds to be able to jump. So if if it's if you've got a, a wind behind you, maybe you've got to wait till it drops a little bit so you still get some benefit, but not at, at its hailing highest. Mm. I don't howling highest. That's a fair point. Know. Well, I'd like that shout out. My shout out. I've got two more. Jesus Christ! I have one more because we know that you don't come to the table with any. Yeah, we got one and each. Fabian and the listeners appreciate it. My shout out. Timmy Murtagh. Oh, you've stolen my shout-out. Timmy Murtagh. I'll just, I'll just rattle off a list of names here for you. Wazim Akram, Jacques Callis, Kurtley Ambrose, Shane Warne, Murley, Brian Lara, Sachin Tendorko, Ricky Ponting. Timmy's put one over all of them. They are out-and-out legends of the game who are not on the Lord's honour board. Wow. Timmy will be there forever. I love it. And he was took, born in England. Born in England. <laughs> took five for 13 Yesterday evening against the English as uh, the Irish skittled them for 85. So he'll be up on the Lord's board. And the reason I bring that up is uh, first time Ireland had played England in a test. All that for 85. Phenomenal. Um, But when I went and did the Lord's tour, the lovely old MCC tour guide, they're very, very proper, exactly as you'd imagine them to be. You go all around the facility and you go into the rooms and you see the honour board. And he told a lovely story about uh, Raul Dravid. And he said Raul Dravid made his 100 and he got on the honour board, whatever the the tour of England was for the Indian team. Uh, usually, I think he said, he told us what the time is. They turn it around pretty quick. They added the honour board, relatively sharpish. And he said um, Raul Dravid turns up one day, sort of four, five, six months later, with his family. And they said, oh, Raul, the, the chairman of the whoever was there, the manager or whatever, the, came down and met him and said, it's lovely to see you. And um, Raul paid... He said he insisted on paying to do the tour so he could show his family the honour board that his name was going to be on forever. And I thought, oh, that's a really quaint, like, English classic cricket story. And he, they misspelled it. Please tell me that. No, 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 no. He said, but he said, he goes, oh, we thought, oh, he's coming down. And when he explained, oh, I'd, I'd love to show him showing my family, you know, you can imagine as a small boy on the streets of wherever he was from in India growing up and knowing about the history of the game and then playing the game. And you, you look at those legends who were never able to pull off our performance good enough to get up there, five wickets in an innings, ten wickets in a match, or a hundred. Yep. And you just think it was this nice thing where he said, no, I insist on coming in and seeing and showing my family the board. And you said, oh, it's a really nice thing. So that's something that old mate uh, Timmy Murtagh. And is Tim, Marti- Tim Murtagh 38 years of age? He's 38. <laughs> he was playing for Middlesex. I think he was playing second 11. Wow. And he's come and, and played at Lords and, and five for 13. And he's bowling like 118 kilometres an hour or something he's like that. Dipping and just it, sw- weaving it, and like weaving it. It's believe. fantastic. You would have yeah. thought it was, was him, just yeah. bowling in slow wow. motion. And then my final, because uh, that was your shout-out as well, Timbo, my final shout-out, left field again. I've feel, fallen down the YouTube rabbit hole this week. Oh, yes. I want to pay special shout-out to one of the great reality TV shows of all time. Um, Dr. Fad. Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, <laughs> Yes. What a show. Have you ever seen it, Fab? Yeah. 
You know where he goes and fixes up the shit house restaurants and swears oh, like a seriously. I someone breaks watched, down. Someone oh, starts crying. I would have watched fifteen of these in the last couple of days. Oh, I love them. Why would you want to turn around someone who can't even hold a kitchen? It's brilliant. You know, with an appropriate standard. The, the, you know, this is just going to turn. These shows shit. they have it. They have a like a, a frequency to them. And you, they're so brilliantly mapped out, and every episode's the same. So when it, when one comes out of the box, it's great. He rocks up to the restaurant. You got a bunch of idiots who think they can like just because they eat, they can run like the most difficult business in the world, a restaurant. They go to the kitchen. The kitchen's overstocked and it's dirty, and they don't clean anything. They've got like 150 capsicums in the in the food storage thing. Why? Why, Tim? Why have they got so much stock? And Ramsay's just going, Oh my god. They've got chicken everywhere. It's bagged up. It's in freezers. Full of salmonella. Full of salmonella. The one guy, they gave him a, uh, I don't know if it was like a lobster tail or something, and the guy, like, he ate it and then was feeling sick because the lobster was decomposing and the ammonia was seeping out of it. He was going to kill someone. And Ramsey goes, we have to call the ambulance. All happening. And then, of course, the highlights come when, when it gets so bad that he gets on the tools. When that happens, you're in for a show. He goes, I'm taking the reins. And he gets behind the, the stoves and he starts making shit. That's when it's a good He act. always halves the menu. Well, that's... Yes, simplified. These fab. These restaurants that are serving 15... Not even. They're serving eight people a day. They've got 60 items on the menu. Yeah. No. They do none of them well. It's not like they do a couple of really good signature dishes. Well, as you say, you could do four and just say, Excellently. do your four well. Or Have you ever been... And I'm going to get oh, this wrong. There's a restaurant on... I want, to call, I want to say that it's Domain Road in Melbourne, opposite the McDonald's. Royal Botanic Gardens. Really? No, it's a it's an upmarket restaurant. It's called L'Entrecote is what Ooh, it's called. No. And they have one dish. What is it? Legumes? Yeah, steak with fries. Okay. Or steak frit or whatever, yeah. they, whatever, the, whatever the French version of... Uh, Steak and fries. Do they do it well? I do it unbelievably. I mean, you would like to. It, it's a pop, very, very popular spot. You sit there, Tim. You watch Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, and you go, and "They've been, they've been, they've probably been down the rabbit hole with Gordon Ramsay as well." It's been. It'd be like you and me leaving here tonight and deciding we're going to open a restaurant, and all we're going to make. Well, is- what, no, but it's not. It's not. It's like <laughs> what culinary experience do we have? None. What business experience do we have? None. None. <laughs> but what are we going to make? We'll just make as much shit as we can think. Yeah, yeah, yep. Who's going to cook it? We'll just toss a coin. Yep. And you're the chef, and it's it's brilliant. And you're on decomposing lobster detail. And he just and it's like the frequency of the show. He goes and he dines. He's repulsed. Occasionally, he has something and likes it. And once again, that happens infrequently enough for it to be good. That's on the menu. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's actually that's actually not bad. I'm surprised. It's just this entrecote. Yeah. Steakhouse and cafe. There you go. And then lastly, my have a look at the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Won't take long. The last thing that I love about it is when he finds his kindred spirit on the wait staff. There's always like one person who's like on the same wavelength as him. He's like, this place is shit on. And they go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like they're, they're friends. Been trying to say it for five years. Yeah. So Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, truly TV does not get better. There you than go. And a good episode I'll, of Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. I, I do accept that. I must say when you watch like um, when you'd see Marco Pierre White in mm. any of his shows just tearing shreds off people. But they these are very good, good chefs. Like no, they, there's, there's more, mate. You've got other cart menus and stuff. Well, these, when I went... Maybe it was like a lunch menu. Maybe. Well, I went there for dinner. <laughs> you was there for breakfast. <laughs> they stooged you. Watch this idiot. There's nothing on the menu. You steak and steak chips. Fries. Oh, sweet. 
admittedly, we went probably five years ago, so things have obviously changed, and it's been established for a while. So if they've extended their menu, what they good to, luck to them. And they got a few more things, have they? Yeah. Okay. Just, just, let's not take over the pod for my but yeah. gastronomic uh, experience. But like I said, it's just kitchen. Oh, it's just so good. Final shout out. Okay. From one of our uh, listeners, clearly. Was this a, a mailbox thing? Yes, it was. Well, on, we'll save it for the mailbox. Well, did you? Well, are you aware that in the mailbox there was a request for a shout out? We'll get to it in the mailbox. Are you going to look at it? Are you? Yeah, I'm going to, I was going to open up all right, Twitter. All right. Well, I will. Uh, just, I will cool my jets. Did they just respond to the initial? Uh, I believe so. They got the Entrecote Royal cheeseburger. Well, as I said, I haven't been there for five years. Maybe I'll check out the Royal cheeseburger. They call it Royal with cheese. That's what they do in France. I don't know. Do we have a shout out there, Timbo? Well, you look at it. Well, as I said, we can hold on to it, but it was... Well, if I miss it, you just will double back around it. All right, excellent. Um, we're going to move on to the AFL now. Because a fair bit was...